Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about proactive and reactive incident response, why you need both. I'm privileged to be speaking today with Brian Timmerman. He's a CISO with RSAM. Brian, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tom. Brian, security leaders often argue over whether an organization should have a reactive or a proactive security program but you say that one needs to have both. Why is that? I think the, the most, uh, the easiest way to say that is probably just balance, right? You know, reactive incident response has been around for a long time. It's pretty well understood. Uh, if you've got an incident response program that, that's been around for years, it was probably based on reaction. And reaction is always gonna be part of incident response, but it, it shouldn't be the only part. And it shouldn't even necessarily be the most important part. That's where the proactive stance comes in. If we are not in denial about breaches, right, the, the current thinking is it's going to happen to you at some point uh, if it hasn't already happened. So if we're not in denial about that, we accept that it's going to happen to us at some point, that proactive thinking is where we're going to be able to minimize damage when something actually does happen. You know, things like reducing attack surfaces, earlier discovery, minimizing damage. That's what it's all about. Brian, as follow-up, why do you find that both approaches, the reactive and the proactive, are important to an organization? So, again, reactive is kind of the old-school way of thinking. It's been around, um, you know, the idea is somebody's already, uh, you know, breached the walls. We've got to do something about it. Uh, or maybe, the ha maybe it's not a breach. Maybe it's a denial of service attack. You know, somebody's causing damage to us that we're aware of right now and we need to stop them, right? So so that's that's always going to be the, the main part of reaction. Proactive, again, there's a lot of kind of newness, coolness around this idea. There's there's a lot of focus on this area. There's a lot of money being thrown at it. Uh, and, and it's again, it's all about what we can do to minimize impact. How can we detect it faster? Uh, how can we look inside for things that might already be happening? Uh, how can we be more efficient and more effective as, as incident responders? So, Brian, talk to me about how this proactive-reactive blend recently helped RSM when we had the WannaCry ransomware outbreak. Well, I think it's important to note, starting off, you know, the proactive approach, it can take many forms for many different people. And it's certainly not, you know, something to think about. It's all or nothing. You can, you can certainly take one step today towards being proactive. Um, some of the ways that that's helped us is, you know, we're very aggressive with our patching schedule. Uh, we take config management very seriously. You know, obviously we have a, a layered defense when it comes to thinking about SaaS environments and things like that. And, and because of all that, because of how we integrate some of our data, and we can get into that a little bit later, that, that Friday afternoon when we started hearing reports from Europe about what was happening with WannaCry, it, it only took us, uh, you know, just a couple of minutes to be able to see what our exposure to that vulnerability was, if any systems were still vulnerable, and then to make really rapid risk management decisions to say, uh, you know, do we need to deploy emergency patches in certain cases? You know, is that emergency deployment worth the risk of this system being offline? And we were basically able to, you know, obviously avoid an incident, definitely, but kind of close that down that whole risk management loop within an hour of those first warnings coming from Europe. So we talked about how RSAM has worked with this internally. Talk about how you help your own customers achieve the proper incident response blend, the reactive and the proactive. There's a lot of ways, and um, you know, typically we, we spend quite a bit of time with customers helping them work through the process. But just real briefly, 
We always want to make sure our customers are being informed by their event data. Surprisingly, or, or not surprisingly as the case may be, sometimes we find customers that are kind of ignoring that event side of the house. You know, they're letting somebody else manage their SIMs, and it's not really a great input into the incident response process. A lot of times there's just kind of blind hope or trust that, oh, when they see something important enough over on the event side, they're going to let us know. So we really encourage customers to have a pipeline between that event data into their IR processes. We're real big proponents of bringing vulnerability management data and threat management data into your incident response platform. Um, whether you store those in the same place like a security operations analytics platform or whether you just give your incident responders some kind of real-time view into vulnerabilities, this is huge in, in helping your responders to be more efficient. And that kind of goes back to why we were able to respond to WannaCry so quickly. Our incident responders could tell in minutes exactly where that vulnerability existed, if anywhere. Um, and a lot of times in customers, we don't see that kind of integration. We see, you know, a request being made, a ticket being opened, uh, you know, for somebody to go run a scan and, and then hopefully come back with data, which might be days or weeks. It's nowhere near as fast as it needs to be. Another big thing we tell customers is we help them uh, build and dynamically generate playbooks. So, you know, being able to store tasks and playbooks in your incident response platform so that they're standard across, standardized across your teams and uh, across um, teams in different locations, especially if you have a, a follow the sun approach. Um, and the last thing I'd say there is, you know, we, we try to help our customers blend the idea of automation and the manual response. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of both, right? We're always going to have human responders in the mix. We're always going to have people that need to make decisions. But there's a, a big push for automation now as well as incident response. And I, I certainly believe there's a place for it, uh, you know, in things like tuning data, uh, escalations, um, you know, closing uh, noise out. Um, but I believe too heavy reliance on, on one or the other automation or, or manual action can be detrimental. Brian, one last question for you. Uh, we certainly know that organizations, security leaders, talk a lot about this reactive, proactive approach, and we've given them a lot to think about today. What are some of the questions that security leaders really need to be asking themselves to ensure that they have this right mix that you've talked about? I think it's important to be very honest with yourself about what level of maturity your incident response program is at. Um, we'd all like to think that we have a great program, but um, we need to get real honest. We need to, to dig deep and find out. If, if you find yourself in a place where you have a mature process, you have a, a team that's been around for a while, uh, chances are you probably need to take a serious look at your proactive controls. You probably have become reliant on a wise team, high skill set, but rapid reaction when you need it. So take the opportunity to look at what you might be able to do proactively. Don't get tricked into thinking that no news is good news. You know, are you really looking hard enough for evidence of an active incursion or maybe evidence of even of a, of a past incursion? If you're new to the IR world, if you're, if you're you know, building your program or maturing it for the first time, don't be tempted to put all your resources into whatever the latest, greatest tool is. You know, orchestration automation is, is very cool and it has its place, but it's not a magic bullet, certainly not a replacement for the right skill set in a team of responders. So concentrate on building your team there, uh, get their input on, you know, the tools they've used and the tools they want to use in your response process. Very well said, Brian. I appreciate your time and insight today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. We've been talking about proactive and reactive incident response, why you need both 
and I've been speaking with Brian Timmerman. He's the CISO with RSAN. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.